Hi, and welcome to Pass Her the Mic, a lifestyle, wellness, personal development mini series with your host, yours truly, Deandra Kanu. Let's welcome Rodney Matthews to the podcast. Hi, how's it going? Thanks for having me, D. I appreciate you. <laughs> of course, I love Rodney. He is hungover. <laughs> I didn't know you were snitching this, this early, but that's okay. Yeah, I, I made it. I made it. He did make it to the podcast. I'm so happy to have him here. Um, for those of you who don't know, Rodney and I, we became friends, what, last year? Yes. Yeah, about a year ago. We became friends about a year ago here in LA, which he lives down the street from me, so it's really nice. Um, so our friendship has developed since then, and now... Look at us. Yeah, look. Who would have thought? I'm so excited. This is dope. Who would have thought? I'm really excited to have you here. Okay. So let's start off. I wanted to basically like frame the conversation from the point of, you know, your post-reality television stint, as we, I mean, as you and I both know. Yeah. But I know that you were on Michelle's season. Yes, I was. Yeah. Season okay. 18, um, two years ago. Mm-hmm. So we recorded that back in July 2021. Yeah, so July and August is when we recorded that. And so it's crazy to think that that was uh, two years ago because time just flies, right? And obviously we record it and everyone else sees it months later. So it's almost like you you personally live through this experience and then everyone else is like reliving it for you months later, which is crazy to think about. So I'm like, yeah, it's, it's a lot, but I'm, I'm very grateful for it. Exactly. And then you did another um, appearance on Bachelor in Paradise. Yes, I did. And so with both of your experiences, tell me a little bit about what the audience portrayed or like how you were portrayed on national television versus like what you actually feel like you wanted people to know. So to, to be completely honest with you, I feel like I am, uh, I am one of the lucky ones when it comes to the show. And, and what I mean by that in a sense is saying that a lot of, a lot of my, my true self was shown, so I was grateful for that, but there were still moments as you know, being on that show where everyone has like a, a breaking point, and I think eventually it, it'll kind of catch up to you and get to you. But uh, especially on my first stint with The Bachelorette, I'm glad that I was able to showcase and like highlight a lot of my personality, which I feel that a lot of people were able to resonate with that and then also say like, okay, it feels like Rodney's just like one of my guy friends back home or one of my boys or anything like that. So that was always the biggest compliment of people who known me since day one, just like you were just being you on screen. Yeah. That felt amazing for me. Whereas if someone's never met me before, they're like, I feel like I know you because I saw so much of you. And it just seemed very genuine, very real. Uh, a lot of funny moments. Obviously I like to, I like to live it up and have fun and, and make sure everyone in the room around me is having a good time too. So that's something I was grateful for, especially on the first stint. The second stint, I was a little bit more, <laughs> I was a little bit more sad and being tested. And so, yeah, sadly, I didn't get to showcase and be myself because it was always just being at that like boiling point, you mm-hmm. know? And it was a lot of, uh, the second time around was a much higher pressure situation, a more stressful situation. And that kind of, that kind of got to me. And so it was tough for, Obviously, I, I was doing a good job of being open, being vulnerable in those situations, but it was still um, tough for me overall for people to just see me so sad, so down and going through it because a lot of people know like that's not how I am. I do love to laugh. I love to smile a lot and I love to be happy. And so 
that was uh, tough for me on the second stint. I feel like that's so interesting to me that you're, you, you're highlighting that you did seem a lot more sad in mm -hmm. The Bachelor in Paradise. And obviously because they're showing a lot more of like your actual relationship or like mm -hmm. what was going on with your relationship. Yes. Um, but I feel like people don't understand how hard it is to be vulnerable. Um, it's very difficult because I feel like a lot of guys feel like that in real life off screen. So let's be honest, like there probably have been times in a man's dating history or a time where they're upset about something mm -hmm. um, and yours just happened to be showcased on national television. Yeah. So I feel like that's really beautiful that you did have the vulnerability and just because you were portrayed as sad, just maybe on that series, that's just not who you are all the time as a person. Exactly. We all know that. <laughs> um, so being that we've all seen you date on, online or I guess on television, tell mm -hmm. me a little bit about your dating life before going on national television, like the kind of guy, like what kind of guy were you? Like in high school and college, like what would you say like you're, I don't even know what it's like an archetype or like what kind of dater were you? Well, I was, Lover I was, a, <laughs> no, I, yeah, like I, I've always been a relationship guy, like always. And so, I mean, I was definitely a certified lover boy. Just, <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, I, I had these long, I had these longer relationships, right? And I think so many people that I've met through like, high school and college were just like constantly dating or talking to other people and this and that. You know, high school, I had a five-year relationship. And then I get to college and I have a three-year relationship. And then after that, my last relationship uh, lasted four years. So I think a lot of people who knew that story and then saw me on the screen were like, you, you almost like deserve this moment. Like you put in the time and effort and energy to show people like, because like when I when I love I love deeply right and I, I love I have a lot of uh, you know joy in my heart I have a lot of love in my heart and care and so it's like when I'm with somebody that I'm all in you know and so that's why for me it was so it was so weird and tough at first because I'm like whoa like dating in front of everybody is crazy right like that's such a wild concept but when I had those conversations on TV and on screen, obviously it wasn't easy, but it made it just a little bit easier for me internally because I have had such a strong relationship and dating history in that sense. It's not like I talked to all these people. Like I had these three solid relationships where I learned a lot, you know, obviously it didn't work out and there are so many problems within that. But I also like learned every time I, you know, I never wanted to take it as a loss, even though at the time it always feels like that. I just wanted to take it as a lesson. Right. So I always thought back to my, my exes and my past relationships, and I'm like, what did I learn from that? Like, what did I take and what can I do moving forward to make sure that that never happens again, you know? So what makes someone a lover boy? And for you personally, tell me like a little bit about the relationship with your parents that you had growing mm -hmm. up that, did that play a part into you being a lover boy? Or what does that look like? Yeah, to be honest, 100%. I mean, with my, with my brief history and background, I, I guess just the cliff notes is that, uh, you know, my dad left me when I was six. And so I grew up with a, a single mom for a, a really good portion of my upbringing of my childhood. And so with that, it really did help me because it's like I'm being raised by a queen who's, who has to be a queen and a king, right? But she's teaching me all along the way of how to truly treat a woman. And that's something where... I made sure in my everyday life, like that's all I'm thinking back to, right? And so everything that I've, all, all the success and acknowledgement, whatever I have in my life, right? And all of my dating history and knowledge or whatever at this point, that all stems from her and the, the initial lesson she taught me as a young man growing up. And sadly, I, you know, I didn't always have that 
father figure to look up to. It's like, oh, I grew up, my dad in the house, he was constantly living with my mom and everything was good to go and all that stuff. No, but I, I learned from my mom, this is exactly how you need to treat a woman. This is how you need to handle these situations. And I feel so grateful for that because when, when people see me now, especially whether it was on screen, that was one of the biggest DMs. One of the main DMs I saw multiple times a day is just like, hey, shout out to your mom for raising you because it, it seems like you truly are genuine and care about the woman that you're talking to. And so, yeah, I, I definitely owe that all to moms because I, I do know how to treat a woman with love and respect. And that's how it should be. I think it's sad that so many people DM me is like, oh, this is rare to see. I'm like, it shouldn't be rare to see. You know? Yeah, and you and I know that it's rare to see because we've had kind of this conversation before, and mm -hmm. obviously I want to have it again for our, our viewers who you know aren't going to be able to hear that episode of us talking about that. But mm -hmm. I feel like in so many situations, men who have absent fathers or fathers who weren't there or you know left at a certain age grow up and treat women horribly, which mm -hmm. is very interesting to me because you're the opposite. Like you mm -hmm. didn't have your core father there mm -hmm. to you know show you how to be a man in certain situations, but you still grew up and were an amazing man and you know treat women right. So. What do you think the difference is? Because, you know, some people have great mothers and still turn out not so great. That's true. I mean, honestly, I think that there's a, not to, not to say a system in place, but I, I do think that there's a certain way in life where all of us, especially as young men, okay, you know, young men, whether it's men of color or not, like, as soon as you're, you're growing up in those crazy stages of your life and trans, transformative stages of your life, I do think that there's two paths you take. Either listen to everything, especially like a, mo a mom like mine, who is a mom to multiple people. That's why we call her moms, right? And so I think you take two paths. You either learn from every single thing she taught you to be ready to date in this crazy world that we live in. And then when you meet that special woman, no matter which woman you're dating, you treat her with love and respect. Or you go off the beaten path, right? Or you go off a path to where you're completely defiant of that. And you look into your life and say, woe is me, the world's rough, like that is everything you take in in your young mind. And obviously we're all products of our environment. And so I've, I've seen it firsthand where guys have taken that other path. And it's, it's awful because even if they're a young man or a young boy, whatever it is, and you see like, you see your dad beat your mom or you see horrible stuff on, on screen and you try to emulate that and that's all you know, which obviously has led to probably toxic masculinity, all these horrible stuff that we've seen in this world. But when I've seen guys who go down that path, I look at them, I'm like, what are you doing? And if you were a boy and you witnessed that of, of your father or stepdad or whatever it may be, you should know internally, like you should know right from wrong still. I never, I, I sadly have witnessed my, my real dad put hands on my mom. Mm -hmm. And from that moment on, I knew I was like, I will never do this because I'll never forget how I felt in that moment as a kid. And I was five years old, but I'll never forget that moment. And I look at guys now and I'm like, if you witnessed that, how could you ever go down that path where it's like, I'm gonna keep being destructive. I'm gonna keep being toxic and think that that's okay. When I know right from wrong. And I'm like, I will never be this man. I will be there for my son. I'll be there for my wife. I will treat them both with love and respect and have a healthy home. And I look at these men and I'm like, it is so sad because it's so easy to be a decent human being and a good man. And so I look at it and I'm like, how could you choose that path knowing it's only going to lead to self-destruction? That's why I get confused about in today's world. I love you. You just, you said that perfectly because I look at 
men, and obviously like from a female's perspective, I've dated men, men who seemingly have good parents mm -hmm. and still end up, you know, destructive. Sadly. Men who have absent fathers or fathers who aren't there and end up destructive, but they have great mothers. So it's mm -hmm. like, it's really just a, a personal decision. I feel True. like you looked at it and you said, I could have taken two paths. I could have taken the paths where I resented, you know, my father for leaving and it made me as a turn, you know, treat women badly or like mm -hmm. be hateful or spiteful or turn around and not appreciate women because mm -hmm. you never got to see that from your father. Mm -hmm. Or you can love and appreciate women because you saw how fragile a woman can be, how exactly. delicate a woman can be, and then how strong she can come out from something as sad as, you know, your partner leaving you and not being there to raise your kids with you. Exactly. So I, th I think that's really beautiful and I think that it is a choice. Um, in saying that, do you have friends or like do you ever found yourself like, in a place with men who do treat women negatively? And like, how do you feel like being friends with men who like womanize women? Like, what's your take on that? Or do you think you can be a good guy and have friends who treat women a certain way? Like, what is your take mm. on, am I making sense when I ask that question? Yes, you are, yeah, most definitely. I, um, to be completely honest, within my inner circle, uh, I don't really, <laughs> not to say you are who you hang with, but in my inner circle personally, uh, the, the way I am and how I am, I don't really attract guys like that in my life who, who become homies. I have had, I mean, especially playing football. Like, I've, sadly, I have, you know, seen the worst in some situations. And I'm like, come on, dog. Like, what are you, what are you doing, man? Like, that is, that is just so foul. Uh, but other times, it's like, like I said, the, the, the man that I am, the person that I am, the people in my life that I attract, like, we think very similarly. And we've always had the same outlook of, man, I, I can't believe another dude would be just so disrespectful to a girl like that, right? And, and it proves like whenever we have like a, a game night or a Thanksgiving or a Friendsgiving, whatever it may be, we're usually always at mom's house or my house. And I, I've had uh, moms tell me straight up, I just, I love your friends so much. I love the men that you've chosen to be in your life because you all think so similarly, right? And it's, it's shocking to me to think that there's so many men that don't have a good circle like that. Like not one guy in my circle would ever be rude or disrespectful like that, right? And I know that I, I do know a lot of people. And so, like I said, growing up and playing football, I've seen the worst of the worst. And I'm like, bro, you're, you're doing the most. But I would never allow that person to be my close friend or in my circle because I don't agree with what they're doing, right? Yeah. I just, when, whenever I see or hear of that action, uh, especially when it when it's like toxic masculinity or, or disrespecting the woman you're with, I'm like, oh no, absolutely not. Like it's just it's just a straight up. If I hear any dude like joking or talking about stuff like that, I'll be like, all right, cool. Well, I know I don't need to kick it with this person no more because we just don't see eye to eye. I just wouldn't feel comfortable kicking it with somebody who is so far from my thinking. You know. And have you ever felt like you're in a position where you needed to say something or kind of like what you just said, you'll note it and then you'll move accordingly. Like there's no need in trying to change their a, mind. A little bit of both, depending on the situation. Okay. I do feel like there have been times where I had to speak up and be like, bro, are you serious right now? Like that is not like what you're doing is not cool. That's not tight. I don't know who taught you that. I don't know why you think that that's OK, but it's not. And it, it like I said, it all depends on the situation. Other times, if it's if it's a little bit more mild or anything like that, I'll just be like, all right, bro, I, <laughs> I, I don't agree with the way you move in, but it is what it is. Like, do you, I'm gonna keep it pushing. So it all depends on like the severity of the situation. I love that. I do feel like to a degree, I feel like it's my responsibility to hold my friends accountable and like the people around me 
who I would consider like friends enough for me to hang out with them on a consistent basis. So one of my friends and I, we have like a no cheating rule. Like if mm. I have a friend who's like cheating on their spouse, which I don't, but if I ever did, I feel like I would be compelled to tell them exactly how I feel and that I don't agree with it. Mm-hmm. And to communicate that because like as a friend, that is your responsibility. Yes. I've never, I, I've never understood surrounding yourself with people who are treating other people horribly and never sticking up and saying anything for the fear of losing that relationship or friendship. Exactly. To me, I'm like, whatever they're doing, like you should understand right from wrong. And sometimes I feel like it is, it's a responsibility as a friend Mm -hmm. to hold your friends accountable. Um, In the dating space, social media, it's, it's such a big topic. Do you feel like social media has changed modern day dating? And if so, how, how do you think it plays a part? Um, I, I definitely think it has uh, it has played a crucial part. Right? <laughs> I mean, we we all know the the power of social media, and so I look at it now. I, I think when I have a lot of um, when I have a lot of talks with my friends, whether whether it's girl or guy, I, I know that um, you know they're always going to give me the real on how they feel about dating and and being single in today's life and society, especially with social media. And it's it's tough, I think, because Everyone, I mean, everyone's like, oh, you know, <laughs> show me, show me your IG. You know, it's almost like the IG is the resume in yeah. every single sense of the word, right? Whether it's like dating, work, life, friendship, like, let me see the IG. You know, let me, let me see what you're working with. Who do you follow? Do you follow who I follow? If you do, let me hit that person up. Like, you know, I, it's sad if you have to instantly check to be like, all right, if she's, if she's following these five guys, like, I know one of these dudes talk to her or something like that. Like, that's such a sad trait and such a sad place to be in, right? And it's like, I'm... But it's I'm, true. It is true. It is true. Like, what I'm saying is I am guilty of that, right? Like, I'll be like, hold up. Nah, I know she's following this What about guy, the right? athletes? If you're gross one, the athletes, what's, what's, what's the vibe with that? It, I mean, is there, like, an athlete you're like, if you're following... What's, what's a big athlete? If you're following I'm, LeBron James and he follows you, it's we're not dating. <laughs> I mean, like we said, you know, like if your girl is is there courtside or if your girl is at, you know, season opener. Was like, it Summer League? Yeah. Is that the one in Vegas? Yes. That's the one that's dangerous. Like, what you doing there? Like, yeah. you, you know, and it's sad to think like that. Like, I don't want to think like that. But we're just, we're human. We're human and we know that in this day and age, it, like I said, especially when it comes to like an IG or a TikTok or anything like that, I mean, that is almost damn near the, the resume down It is, it's like and a background check. It, it really is, it really is, right? And it, it's for better or for worse. You know, sometimes it's like, oh, I protected myself from that situation, like that just seems a little toxic or just out of line with my views or thoughts on, on love and dating, and so I'm gonna stick away from that. When it's like other times, also, on the flip side, it's like, ah, you really don't want to judge a book by its cover. Like, you still want to potentially go on that first date or coffee date or whatever it may be and, and give that person a chance, and they could wow you. And so that's kind of the, the biggest hit or miss with social media is because you don't want it to fully dictate your, your life and your thinking, especially when it comes to dating, but it's so tough not to, it's, you know? It's like a, you know, the metaverse are saying it's a second reality. Yeah. It's, it's a second reality. Yeah. And I would love to have an argument. Well, I wouldn't love to have an argument, but it's like anyone who says that Instagram isn't real, mm. your man is cheating. <laughs> okay. I'm just kidding. Maybe he's not, but he's 90% cheating. And I say it because of this, like, and it, Kanye West once said, and for all the people who cancel Kanye, he still said this, whether or not you canceled him, um, 
he said rappers talk about like, oh, I got your girl, I got your girl. And he's like, Instagram has your girl. Mm. Your girl will post a picture of her in a bikini with her butt showing before she sends it to you. Mm. Instagram will show mm. her followers what she's eating before you even know what she's eating or where she is. Yeah. And it's true. Yeah. Instagram has become this place where it's, you know, maybe some of it's for attention, maybe it's some of their aesthetic, maybe for some of their business, but it has become a place where it is a second reality for people and people live yeah. on the gram. Exactly. And it does affect dating. And I, I guess here's a scenario question that some women have is, how do you vet a girl? So like if a girl's posting a lot of bikini pictures or like a lot of mm. revealing pictures, how do you feel about that as far as approaching a woman? Is there like a category you put her in your mind or like does that turn you off or you like that or you're attracted to that? I think um, at the end of the day, I don't want that to, like I said, I don't want that to fully dictate where my mind goes. I, obviously, <laughs> obviously, I'm a man and a human being still, right? And so if, um, if someone that I'm interested in, if it's nothing but, you know, bikini pics, half-naked pics, ass pics, I'm just like, ah, this, is, this is tough. Because it's like at the end of the day, what, what do I want? Do yeah. I want my future wife and the future mother of my children, is this the portrayal I want it to be, you know, and is that the, the healthiest form for me as well from what I'm looking for? Um, I, like I said, I, I definitely still want to give someone a chance. I, I don't always want to judge a book by its cover, but it, it's tough sometimes because I know, I know the standard I set for myself. And, you know, to, to be honest, I don't want somebody who's for everybody mm. and I would still love for you know if if my girl wants to do that then by all means like if that is who you are at least you warned me or showed me or whatever it may be and it's like I need to still have because like we said Instagram is going to show you the physical attraction right but for me in order for it to be successful I still need the emotional attraction the mental connection I still need all of that so if that can match, then I might be able to just be like, all right, well, I'm glad I didn't judge a book by its cover because, you know, it's one of those things I, I don't like to judge anybody. But at the certain at, at a certain point, you do have to look at yourself and say, like, what do I truly want out of this? Because I I personally don't want someone who's just nonstop flashing that. But it's like I, I want to make sure that I'm not judging immediately. I do want to give everyone a fair chance when it comes to that Instagram versus reality. Okay. And just as a preface, if anyone has a problem with what he's saying or what I'm saying, this is opinion based. This is what he's looking for a person. This is what I, you know, like we're having a conversation here. So yeah. for any of like the people who are offended, like, oh, girls should post what they want. He's not saying don't post it. And we're not yeah. saying don't post it. But, and he's also saying, I'm trying not to be judgmental. When I'm picking a partner, I am judgmental. And, and I, I, understand that. I think everyone has the right to use their better judgment to decide if they want a partner. And for like, here you're saying, if a girl's posting, you know, basically her entire body for the world to see, but then in person is like the pastor's daughter, like there's a little bit of a disconnect there. And you have to make that decision, like if you wanna be with that person and she portrays a certain image, but isn't, it doesn't really, there's misalignment there in my opinion. Yeah. So I feel like to a degree we all need, we, we should be able to use our better judgment to mm -hmm. look at what someone's posting knowing that that's a version of themselves. It's not fake. It's not like, oh, she's just posting this because what? How is, like, how is it not real? Um, I'm, I'm obviously, I'm glad that you gave like that quick disclaimer because it's like, I am not discouraging any of that. Like if that is what post you, your post, butt if you yeah, want to post, like live your life. I, I truly am a firm <laughs> believer, like live your life. If that makes you happy, cool, then, then keep doing that. I'm just, you know, I, I've met, 
I've met people to where when I've met them, I didn't have an Instagram. So all I went by was what I knew from them face to face and talking in person. Yeah. And then, you know, if I get the Instagram later or if it's like a second date or anything like that, and I see, I'll be like, oh, whoa, like this Instagram is different than what I thought. But the woman that I've met has shown me something where it could be potential, then I'll still give that person a chance. So I'm, I'm glad that you gave that quick disclaimer because it's like, I'm not here to discourage anybody. Live your life, post what you want to post. Uh, you know, I just want people to be happy and live it up. I mean, from a girl's perspective though, I mean, I feel like, I feel the same way. Like girls and me as a female, I'm allowed to post whatever I want. Of course. I don't because I know that Instagram is an extension of myself. I'm not mm. gonna go as far as say Instagram's fake. Mm -hmm. I'm not gonna go and say my profile's fake. Like I might not show you my entire personality, but mm -hmm. I'm showing you bits and parts of my life. Exactly because that's who I am. And it might not be depth. You can't really show a lot of depth unless I'm vlogging and showing you every single you know, part of my life. But what I post is also a reflection of me. So it's like, I personally just choose not to post thirst traps. One, because I mean, I don't have like a huge butt or boobs. So like, what are we gonna be looking at here? But secondly, I just don't feel compelled to. Like, it's just not what I want a guy to be attracted to me for. And I feel like on IG, people are always like, oh, like I'm sure you have a lot of DMs and from guys and men, and I don't because when a man looks at my profile, sexual attraction isn't the first thing that they see. So if they want to DM me, they're really going to have to like something about my personality. Got you. Um, so I think every girl has a choice as to what they want and what they want to attract and what they want to be seen as and be empowered in that, whether it's not posting certain things or is posting certain things. Yeah, no, I think... That kids don't exist? I, no, <laughs> I swear. Not, not like that. Let's, yeah. <laughs> let's not say nothing crazy like that. Um, I do, I feel like we live in this culture and society where people almost forget like kids exist or almost forget that they could have a kid someday right and what I mean what I mean by that when I say it is that right now people are so big into like living in the now and living it up and all this stuff and I'm just like but what about what about your future what did you portray in your life what did you give out to the world the planet what did you give out to your friends society and culture what are you putting out into the universe and your energy, right? Because if you choose to have kids, right? Like not saying everyone has to, but if you choose to have kids, they're gonna look you up. Especially in the, the today's world or moving forward in the future, once that video is online, once that picture is online, it's usually up there forever, right? It's usually taken, screenshot, snapshot, whatever it may be, but it's sad to think that kids now could look up, and because before it wasn't like that, right? We couldn't just look up our parents and be like, oh, what are all their past mistakes? Now, moving forward, it is. And for a kid to look up and be like, I wonder what my mom was doing 10 years ago, <laughs> you know? And you just see all this wild, nasty shit, and you're just like, oh my God, like that was my mom. And you don't want to judge that, but it's like your friends could see that too. It is just such a scary thought to have, right? Moving forward. And I, I look a lot at like this, this generation, especially with me coaching kids and just hearing the things that they're saying and talking oh about. I'm like, oh my God, when we were kids, when we were their age, when we were in high school, we couldn't, I, uh, yeah, everyone's going through some wild stuff, but the stuff that these kids are exposed to nowadays is on a whole nother level than what we had to deal with. Yeah. And so it's, it's, scary, to, it's scary to think about moving forward. Yeah, and I, I think, you're right. And like, again, you're entitled to your opinion and it's beautiful. And that's like what you want in a partner, or like what you would want, like long-term, maybe your wife, you wouldn't necessarily want her with her entire body out for your children to see. And that's perfect. Um, 
I also was listening to a podcast and this woman was essentially saying like, there's no incentive in the modern world to be a good girl anymore. And mm -hmm. she said that because if you look at social media, you know, like when I say good girl, of course, anyone can be a girl, good girl. You can be an amazing girl, even if you're posting whatever online, but they're saying like someone who does conceal things, like who does keep private because you see a lot of these women who are the you know, OnlyFans girls or Instagram mm. models getting flown out and they get paid to do this and they're getting guys to buy them things and their rent's paid, their car note's paid. And mm. so like the girls who aren't wanting to be like so open with their body or necessarily put things out there, they're not incentivized because guys yeah. aren't noticing them. Like if there's yeah. a girl, you know, with dressed scantily over here and there's a girl maybe like covered up or whatever it may be, the guy's going to go for the scantily dressed girl first. So like what's the incentive to be like a wholesome woman anymore? And she was just trying to make that, that argument. And to a degree, I'm like, I kind of agree with that because like I think a lot of, and I feel like it's men that are perpetuating this because that's what they pay attention to and that's what they're liking on Instagram. And like there's the argument that there's so many men that are like liking half naked women's pictures online when they're in a full relationship. It's like, why are you doing that? Yeah. It's like applauding, so, like, yeah, like this is what we, we really want at the core essence. Am I wrong for thinking that? No, I mean, that's, that's definitely a deep point. That's a valid point. Mm. And it's like, if you're, if you're married, if you're wifed up, if you have a girlfriend or whatever, and you're over there liking the, the aspects of someone, yeah, it's, like, you know, <laughs> it's like, are you also liking like the pictures of someone, you know, who just got a, a woman who just got a promotion at her job or, you know, a woman who just had a kid or stuff like that, like actual, you know, real life accomplishments instead of just like, all day, every day, ask pictures like, what are, what are you choosing to, to give your effort, energy, and applause to? Yeah. You know, and I, I think that's kind of a, a really, you know, big deal and, and a whole other, you know, conversation. That that's deep. It is. It's very deep, and I feel yeah. like there's there's empowerment on both sides. Like, feel empowered if you want to act a certain way on IG, and and feel empowered if you don't. Yeah. I think that there's this weird narrative of like pick me girls and stuff like that. And I'm like, everybody should do what makes them happy. Yeah. Um, and for people who are religious, like I'm Christian and mm -hmm. like the older that I get, the more I'm like, okay, mm -hmm. you know, there's certain things that I want to represent in a woman. And there's some people who aren't and they want to represent different things. Feel empowered in whatever your choice is. Exactly. Great. Um, and also like the kind of partner that I want to attract. I want to attract a Christian man. I want to attract a man who lives a certain way. So it's like, I have to be that certain woman to attract that certain man. Yeah. Um, so I respect that. Yeah. For everyone who's looking for a partner, whatever you are is what you'll track. So just be whatever you want to be. Mm -hmm. Um, and on the topic of religion, do you find that dating, uh, you're religious. I am. I'm, I am you're very spiritual. I am Christian. As Christian. Well. Mm -hmm. Do you find that it's hard to date someone who's not Christian or maybe of a different religion or what does that look like for you for dating? Um, yeah, honestly, I, I do feel like it can be very difficult when you're, when your views and morals and perspective doesn't always align, I think that could be in another like added challenge, right? Uh, I have had like moments in my past if I found out, um, I think, yeah, years ago when I was actually on like dating app or anything like that, if I would see, um, if I would match with somebody, if I matched with a woman and she was atheist, I'd be like, ah, I don't know if I could do this, right. you know? And that's, that's so sad, but sadly, I mean, once again- That's your preference. That's my preference, so it's like our, our views, our morals did not align in that sense, and that's okay. I just had to respectfully let her know, hey, I, I am personally looking for someone who has any type of spirituality or any right. type of foundation like that. So I, I just wanted to let you know. And it was almost like a respectfully decline. And I remember, I think she was like mad at that. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm sorry. I wasn't trying to offend you. I just, 
you know, personal preference is personal preference. I'm looking for a woman that I could pray with, right? Yeah. And that is, you know, prayer is very big in my life. So at the end of the day, if I am talking or dating a woman and she doesn't want to, you know, pray before we eat or pray before bed or anything like that or doesn't want to pray at all, I'm like, ah, well, clearly, I don't think that it could be successful in our lives or for love or anything like that. So I have to find someone who, once again, I mean, everyone has their own set of standards and that's just something for me. I would personally like to date a woman who believes in God, believes in a higher power, believes in universe, anything like that. And I just want to make sure that we can somewhat align. You know, I want to have someone that I could work with. You do not have to see the world the exact same way I do, but if you have some type of base and foundation, then we could work with that. And I'll be like, okay, I'd love to listen to you and your thoughts and your perspective. Cool. I agree with that. I don't agree with that one. And that's okay. But as long as there's a base and foundation, and yeah, as long as we can pray together, then I feel much more comfortable and confident. Especially like we said, if it is a different religion or viewpoint, that's okay. I just want to like, can we still pray together? You know, if you and I believe in God, can we still pray together? You know, it's one of those things. Absolutely. And I think that goes into dating. Dating is not just chemistry. Like, yeah. There's beliefs, mm -hmm. there's moral compass, Yes. Um, there's expectations, mm -hmm. there's boundaries, there's chemistry, and yeah. then, of course, like the way that they live their life. There's so many core values that you have to look into for dating and religion, obviously, because that goes into moral. Um, it's not just chemistry. So you can meet someone and you guys have great chemistry. Chemistry, you can, you can find chemistry with the barista at, at Starbucks. I can have chemistry with the, this chair over here. That's not something that's super hard to find. It's finding someone who has the same moral compass and beliefs because I feel like that's how the best relationships work out and work out long-term. Yeah, from what I've seen. Yeah, so I think that's, that's really great to um, look for someone who has the same moral beliefs or values that you have. Um, what tips can you give to women trying to date in this modern world from a male's perspective? What tips can you give if they're uh, looking for a good man? <laughs> I do think, uh, I, I do think the, the main tip that I could give is to still, still find a, a healthy avenue for yourself to, to put yourself out there. You know, I, I, my, my, um, you know, I, I, obviously I have some friends who are women, you know, men and women and stuff, and I have... You know, my female friends who would tell me that they're, you know, dating's awful, being single sucks, all this stuff. And I'll be like, okay, you know, so how many times a week, how many times a month are you uh, going out to a social setting? And I'd be like, oh, zero. You know, I stay in the house all day, every day. I'm like, me. Okay, which is okay. Once again, like I said, it is all personal preference. If I were to give any advice, I'd say maybe once a month, at least like once a month, actually Put, put yourself out there, you know, whether it is a, an uncomfortable situation or a social setting, like we said, it could be a bar, a jazz club, like the library, I don't know, Trader Joe's, Target, put yourself out there a little bit just to see what you might find. Because I know a lot of people that I've spoken with too, like I said, who are friends and family at this point, it's just like, I just want to meet somebody naturally and organically. And I feel like that's always the goal, right? In today's world, we don't always get that because right. of IG, social media, you know, all these dating apps, you don't always get that, right? And so, you know, talking to people who are in the house all day, every day, and just on Hinge, Bumble, Rye, all this stuff, I'm just like, okay, are you actually trying to put yourself out there just a little bit, right? And that is the, the toughest part because it's not always easy, you know, it, especially if, if someone's shy or, or doesn't like going out or doesn't have too many friends in the city that they're in, it, it could always be tough. But even if it's just you by yourself, go to your local coffee shop, 
go to the movies by yourself, like take a walk in the park, go to the beach, like whatever it may be, just try to try to give yourself a chance out there. And that, like I said, if, if someone is just in the house all day, every day, it is really tough to actually find somebody, you know, but that would just be my only bit of advice of, you know, when all hope is lost, date yourself and then you might find someone else in the process who's just reading a book across from Starbucks or Alfred Coffee, whatever it may be. Just give yourself a chance. I agree. So Rodney's tip to you, you single ladies out there, get outside the house. Just a little bit. You know, go, just a little bit. Go to the coffee shop, go to mm-hmm. the movies by yourself. Yeah. I've heard a way to re- meet great men. Mm-hmm. Go to a hotel bar. Because apparently it's like, yeah, like go to a really nice hotel bar, okay. sit at the bar, get yourself a glass of champagne, mm. just one single glass and you wait. <laughs> Maybe read a book and then you just wait and you see. You never know. You never know. And it gives you the chance if you're at the hotel bar to like mingle with the bartender and like the mm-hmm. people around you and it's not a club. Yeah. Um, so you're going to meet a different mix of people. It's not going to be people who intentionally go there just to party. You just mm. never know who's going to be at the hotel bar. Maybe it's mm. this amazing man who is on a vacation or like on a business trip, goes down to the bar to get one drink before bed. Boom. That's the man you could meet. True. So Rodney's tip. Don't lay in bed and expect to find your husband. <laughs> I know we all we all suffer from that syndrome. That's okay. Um, okay, so there's two questions that I ask every listener or okay. every um, guest that I have on the podcast to answer. Okay. And feel free to answer this in the way that you feel most comfortable. First one, what is an insecurity of yours that you had to overcome and how did you overcome it? Interesting. Um, <laughs> okay, so for me, I guess... Uh, thinking about like two, two or three years ago. Yeah, so obviously I'm, I'm 31 now. And so when I was, uh, you know, mid to late 20s, I guess growing up my entire life, there were always little insecurities that I had. And I, I did mention it on the show. I mentioned it once on the show and they replayed it like three or four times, you know, as the show does. So I look back, everyone's like, oh man, this guy has no confidence, no self-esteem. I'm like, no, <laughs> it's, it's not like that. It's just- We all have insecurities, so this is beautiful. Yeah, I think for me, it was one of those things where obviously everyone wants to be chosen or, you know, out of an entire room, you want to be the first one picked and looked at, right? And that's just life and love. And so in terms of insecurities, I, I think I was always- a little worried, which is funny because it kind of stemmed from football, but I was kind of still building and gaining my confidence. But it's like I was never, like I said, the strongest in the room, the fastest in the room, the tallest, the most handsome, or anything like that. Like I was never those things. And so I had to look at myself and figure out what is it that I have that actually truly separates me? What makes me just a little bit different and stand out just a little bit? And once I figured that out, I kind of just honed in on it. And first of all, I mean, first and foremost, it's just like, okay, just, just be you, just be myself, right? And I love, to, I love to laugh, I love to have fun, I love to smile, I love to dance, I love to joke around. And I think once I finally grew into myself and learned that about myself, I was like, cool, now that I can finally just be confident in myself and who I am. And thankfully, I mean, people started loving it, whether they're laughing with me or laughing at me, whatever it may be, I was like, cool, like, this makes me feel good. If people are in my presence, I just wanted to see them laugh and smile. And then I'm like, cool, now I could keep it pushing. It's like, you know, I love having, uh, you know, a big heart, big personality, whatever it may be. That's what I'm cool with. But yeah, in terms of insecurities, I was like, man, I'm never, I'm never the tallest, the strongest or the fastest or, you know, this or that. But it's like, I knew, I know who I was, you know, I knew what I was about and how I move and how I operate. And I love having fun and I love bringing a positive energy into every single room that I'm in. 
And I do agree. You have the most positive, loving, fun, charismatic energy. So basically you overcame your, your insecurity by not focusing on your lack, but focusing on what you did have. And exactly. I, I think that's really beautiful. Yeah. I feel like everyone should be doing that, you know, focus on what you actually have and just love that. Absolutely. Yeah. So guys, I know insecurities are a thing that, and the reason I asked this question is because a lot of people have insecurities and I feel like a lot of people look up to, you know, maybe some of the guests that I'm going to have. And I want them to know, like you guys are humans and that you have insecurities and how did you overcome it in case anyone out there is feeling the same way. So if you feel like you're lacking in something, instead of focusing on your lack, focus on what you do have and just really work on it. Because as I said, like when you walk into a room, it's like good energy, good vibes. Like yeah. everyone feels that. And I feel like everyone loves that. Like yeah. no one even notices whatever your insecurity were or worse was. I can't speak. True. <laughs> All right. Second question. What is something that you love about yourself and why this can be physically, mentally, spiritually? And you can't say personality since we just said that. <laughs> okay. Um, I love uh, as I love being there for people. And so for me, being present is crucial because, you know, I, especially let's say if I pull up to a birthday party, I actually don't have a gift, but it's like, I'm there, you know, like, you know, and people joke like, oh, your presence is the present, right? Like whatever it may be. But I think people don't understand the power of just being present, being there. You know, when we all have a party, get together, a function, a game night, whatever it may be, you invite these people, they don't show up. People don't understand how damaging that could be. Doesn't matter how old you are, doesn't matter man, woman, it doesn't matter. It, like people don't understand how damaging it could be when you just don't show up. And then a lot of people learn the hard way when they're growing up and they're used to that, whether it's their, their mom, their dad, their uncle, their cousin, whatever it may be. People don't understand how much that affects them in the back of their mind, growing up, forming your mind and your worldview of just the power of being present, being in the moment. If we're here together, Obviously not in a podcast setting, but if I'm kicking it with you and I'm just all day on my phone, like, yeah, D, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, thanks. I'll, I'll see you next time. You're not being present. <laughs> like, right. yeah, just, just being there is just so powerful. And I've learned that in my life. And, you know, I was just telling you about this past weekend. I'm going back and forth, driving back and forth two hours each place. But it's like, I do that for the people I love. And there's nothing more I could do to show you how much I care than that. I can't, I can't give you a million dollars. I can't give you a ton of gifts, but I could be there for you to love and support you through it all, whatever you need. Everyone who knows me is like, Rod's a call away. I can call Rod, he'll be there no matter what. And that is something I truly love and I take pride in. I love that about yourself too. And even today, it's like you had a long day, you know, you just got back home and then you came over here to film the podcast and it's like anyone could have canceled. Like it, <laughs> it, you could have canceled and like, hey, D, I'm so exhausted. And you still showed up, yeah. you know, regardless of the weekend that you had. So I really appreciate that. Gotcha. I love you being on the podcast. Um, so shout out to Rodney for being here. Guys, thank you so much for listening today. That is going to conclude the podcast. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and follow us. We're going to be streaming on all platforms, YouTube, Instagram, at Pass Her the Mic, and then my IG handle, at Deandra Kanu. And Rodney, would you mind showing us or telling us where we can find you? Yeah, uh, Instagram usually is the best place. My Instagram, my TikTok are both at Rodney Matthews with one T. Zero two. Yeah, so a One lot of people put two, two. at the yeah, correct. Don't mess it up, guys. <laughs> All right, that's the end. Thank you, guys.